And now, for the show reflecting on classic radio, Hollywood 360, with your host, Carl Amari. You lost your magic. They knocked you off your game. Your Carlness went right out the window. What's with this Carlness? It's not even a, a real word. It's a conjunction, a preposition. It's a philosophy, a way of life. It's your name with Ness attached to it. Bob, listen to me. If you'd have done what I asked you to and come in my dressing room before the show, you'd have known that you weren't supposed to come out here until I introduced you. Jack, I tried to get into your dressing room, but I didn't have a nickel. I understand you're pretty funny as a DJ. Comedy is a kind of hobby of mine. Well, well, actually, it's a little more than just a hobby. Reader's Digest is considering publishing two of my jokes. Really? Yeah. From Hollywood, it's time now for... Money Dollar. Leave the gun. Take the cannoli. Quiet, numbskulls. I'm broadcasting. Hello, everyone. I'm Carl Amari, and this is Hollywood 360, the radio show that presents the best in classic radio. This time, it's part two of the Milton Berle show from 1947. Then Gene Autry is robbed and shot and left for dead on the Gene Autry Melody Ranch from 1951. With me, as always, is my co-host, Lisa Wolf. What's up, Lisa? Hey, Carl. Hey, what's happening in Hollywood? Well, Jim Carrey is all over the news. He, I don't know if you heard, but uh, <laughs> actor, yeah. comedian, he's returning I've to... heard all about him. Yeah? Yeah. Oh, you want to tell the story? No, you, okay. you go right ahead. So he's going to return to TV for the first time in over 20 years. Yeah, I know. So, okay. So what's the name of the show? Um, yeah, I forgot the name yeah, of the show. Yeah, it's called Kidding. Oh yeah, kidding. Right, right, right. right it's right. going to be on what's what what network? I think it's going to be on Amazon. <laughs> it's going to be on Showtime. You're on so Showtime. close, though. Ah, Showtime. Close. It's going to premiere this month, 10 p.m. Eastern time on Showtime. It's called Kidding. It's a drama, and he's playing a character named Jeff Pickles. Yeah, and that's he's right, a, Jeff Pickles. That's right. He's like a ventriloquist or something like well, that, or a kids' show yes. host, or yes, it's in the same vein as Mr. Rogers. Right. Yeah, yeah. Um, except his life begins to unravel. Yeah, and also. I don't know. I haven't seen it yet, but um, his career, his self, it's all falling apart and it spirals out of control. And I think we get to get a peek into his personal life. Yeah. And he I think this might be like autobiographical. Well, you're close. It's not exactly. Yeah, but I he, think it is. But Jim Carrey did say that he gets in a lot of ways to be himself. And that's one of the reasons he chose to to accept this role. So yeah. he said, I kind of get to be me. Um, and it's called Kidding, so I think we should check it out. He said it's kind of me. Yeah. All right. It's on you, Showtime. You, I don't have Showtime. You don't? No. Well, work on it. No. Okay. Uh, but thanks. I'll tell you all about it. Okay. <laughs> thanks, Lisa. Thanks, Carl. All right. It's time for the conclusion to the Milton Berle Show. Let's go back to a broadcast date of September 16, 1947. Milton and all his gang are saluting radio. Here's the Milton Berle Show. And now, let us continue our salute to radio as we present Radio Forum tonight. Radio Forum tonight. The question. If you have a lady in the balcony, why tell Dr. IQ? (laughs) Thank you, Mr. Gallup. We're ready now for questions from the floor. Let's start here with this tall gentleman in the aisle teaching his girl how to swim. (laughs) Young man, you have a question? Uh, Yes. Mr. Burl? This year, my organization voted you the radio comedian most likely to succeed. Oh, thank you. Tell me, who who did you vote last year as the comedian most likely to succeed? You. We'll keep trying. (laughs) Thank you. Let us go on. All right, this young man with the chinchilla sideburns. 
Um, young man, what is your name? My name is Oxidol Sparkle. <laughs> Oxidol Sparkle? Yeah, it's a soap. Every one of my family is named after a soap. I got a brother named Ivory. Ivory? Yeah. Why? He's 99 and 44, 100 percent. 99 and 41, 400 percent what? We ain't found out yet. <laughs> You mean everyone in your family is named after soap that describes him? Oh, sure. Even my baby brother. I see. What's his name? Does. <laughs> All right, Oxidol. You have a question that has to do with radio. Oh, yeah. I got a question. But you won't let me say what I want to say anyway. Of course I not. I just have to open my mouth and you'll say I'm out of order. No, I won't. You ask a person to talk and then you try and muzzle him. No, but I what, didn't... are you an investigating committee or something? No, I... This is my country. And nobody can stop me from shooting off my big bazooka. I know, but I... Yeah. This is my country, okay. and I can yada 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 till I'm blue in the face. All right, This young... is my country, and I can even flop my trap at Harry Truman. Please. Oh, shut up, you dictator. Now, please. Please, young man. Don't, don't jump at me. Now, please try to control yourself. Young man, if you have a question, let's have it. Okay. Do I look like Gregory Peck? <laughs> oh, please, sit down. Now, let's hear from the fairer sex. Uh, all right, this lady in the corner breading the codfish balls. Uh, young lady, uh, what is your name? Tallulah Feeney. I'm a homemaker. I see. And you have, you have a question? Yeah, how can I stop my husband, Brentwood, from bringing home them prizes from quiz shows? Our living room looks like a push cart. Your husband brings home a lot of prizes? We're loaded with electrical stuff. Washing machines, irons, vacuum cleaners. If you can plug it in, we got it. Really? Last week he went to take it or leave it. Take it or leave it? He took it, but they caught him. He was eliminated? Yeah, but he come back to win the giant jackpot. He answered the question? No, he had the biggest pot. <laughs> Good for him I met my husband Brentwood on one of them giveaway shows You did, eh? Yeah, they blindfolded me and told me the first thing I touched I could have Yes? I felt around and touched Brentwood You touched Brentwood? How come? His nose was cold I thought it was the knob on a refrigerator <laughs> I see The thing that drove me nuts was when he went on Truth or Consequences He was on Truth and Consequences? Ralph Edwards made him pretend for a week that he was a young housewife you mean for a week your husband acted like a young housewife? It was murder. Every night after dinner, he got on my lap and pestered me for a mink coat. And for acting like a young housewife, did he get a prize? Yeah, they give him a book. It sure scared him. What was the name of the book? So you're going to have a baby. Thank you, Mrs. Feeney. Thank you very much. Thank you. And now, and now, as a fitting climax to this forum... Let us extend an official welcome to the programs returning to the air as we all join together and sing. The comedy shows are back, it's true. Do da. Hoo ha. Hogan, Allen, and Fibonacci. Oh, hoo ha, hey. Oh, watch the comedians sing and dance. Do da. Hoo ha. Some will even drop their pants. Oh, hoo ha, hey. Turn your radio on. Synchronize your clocks. You're stuck in the house until next June, listening for the yachts. Oh, huh? Well, we've done a lot of joshing about radio tonight. I think it's time for some bouquets. Flower bouquets? Yes. Yeah. Frankly, I was quite proud this weekend when I read that at their first annual conference, 
The National Broadcasting Company at its stations announced that beginning January 1st, no mystery or crime programs will be heard on this network before children's bedtime. Gee, that's fine. Yes, they found that these programs overstimulate children, make them nervous. Haven't you found that so with your son, Junior? I'm glad you asked me that. Just... <laughs> Good dovetailing. Just this week, what I went through with Junior Mr. Gallup... I, let me tell you about it. My wife and I were home... <laughs> Oh, darling, this is awful. It's dark and Junior's still out. Junior, come home. He's getting to be a regular lassie. <laughs> Close the window, dear. It's no use. Milton, we have to do something about him. This is the fourth night in a row he's gnawed through his leash. <laughs> it's, it's those crime programs that he listens to. Four in the morning, he sneaks into our bedroom and holds lighted matches to the soles of my feet and yells, Take that, Flatfoot. <laughs> get some sleep. I know. He's the only kid in the neighborhood who has Benzedrin on his Wheaties. <laughs> oh, here he comes. St. Louis women with their diamond rings. Lisa Meadow! I'll teach you to stay out after dark. Milton, you know what the doctor said about slapping Junior on the top of his head. I was careful, dear. I avoided the point. <laughs> now, Junior, Junior, darling, sit down. Daddy has something to tell you. Okay, take it slow and wait for your laughs. Junior, you are not going to listen to any more of those crime programs. Of course, you know this means I leave home. Junior, I wish you wouldn't keep saying that. You build up Mummy and Daddy's hopes, but you never go. <laughs> now, Junior, Junior, get this. I want you to understand this. Starting tonight, you're going to get some sleep. Now, go to bed. You're kidding. No, go to bed. Hey, Pop. Yes. I got news for you. Are you ready? Yes. Are you set? Yes. Are you tuned in? Yes. I'm not going to bed. Junior! <laughs> you are going to bed, and that's final. Okay. Clear the deck. Here it comes. No, Junior, please. Oh, come on, no, 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 Junior. Junior. Where's the gateway? Junior. Where's the gateway? Junior. Junior. Stop it. Stop it. Oh, what a child. Now, stop chewing on my shoes. Darling, this settles it. The first thing tomorrow morning, we're taking him to a child psychiatrist. Uh, excuse me, miss. Uh, where are the burls? We, we have an appointment. Of course. Dr. Clyde will be right out. Uh, Junior, Junior, put your clothes back on. This is the waiting room. Ah, oh, Mr. and Mrs. Burl. And this is Junior. <laughs> Junior! You see what we mean, Doctor? Doctor, if he would only sleep. Why, it's just an active imagination. Instead of the crime programs, let him listen to something soothing. A radio bedtime story. It'll lull his mind. <laughs> now I'll go in with him. Watch yourself, Doctor. He's tricky. <laughs> Mr. Burl, I've handled hundreds of youngsters. Step inside, Sonny. Okay, folks, we're through. Let's go. Well, Doctor, uh, how did it go? Fine. Quick, somebody, give me a cigarette. Doctor, will he be all right? No, everything is well. He's another nice boy. Good, good. I'll, I'll bring Junior back to you tomorrow. You're kidding. <laughs> no, no, I, I want you to see him every day. No, not that. I'll kill myself. That's what I'll do. I'll kill myself. No, wait a minute. It's all your fault. No, I'll kill myself. Junior, please stop. Just stop it. I'm just like you, it's almost time for that bedtime story Dr. Clyde suggested. Oh, good, darling. Junior, 
Junior, come here. What is it now? Junior, sit down. We're all going to listen to a radio program. I'll turn on the radio. This is station KLOP. And here, kiddies, is your old Uncle Sleepwell with another adventure of little Josephine in Bingo Bingo Land. Look, Milton, Junior's eyes are closed. Isn't he adorable? Good evening, kiddies. Well, this is Uncle Sleepwell again. When we left little Josephine yesterday, she was walking through the jungle. Suddenly, she stopped and said... What's that? An elephant had stepped on little Josephine's foot. Slowly, it crushed her toes. Oh, no. No, it's horrible. Easy, Junior, easy. Slowly, the elephant rolled over Josephine. One by one, her ribs snapped. Mommy, hold my hand! All around her, gleaming eyes of tigers, lions, panthers. And then they all sprang at her. They tore at her. She tried to run. There was no escape. What will happen to the Tune in again tomorrow, kiddies, and find out what happened to little Josephine. Pleasant dreams. What will happen to little Josephine? Junior, Junior, go to bed. Bed? No, no, I'll see those gleaming eyes. Those breaking bones. No, no, no. What happened to little Josephine? Yes, what happened to little Josephine? Shame on you, darling. Now, take Junior to bed and stop acting like a baby. <laughs> it was silly. It was only a bedtime story. It, uh, Make-believe. Come, Junior. Here, those eyes. How do you like that? Imagine scaring kids like that. Where's that phone? I'll tell him something. Scaring children. Hello? Hello, station KLOP? Let me talk to Uncle Sleepwell. Yes. Hello, Uncle Sleepwell? I want to ask you something. What happened to little Josephine? Tomorrow? I can't wait till tomorrow. I won't be able to sleep. Those gleaming eyes, those screams. <laughs> Please. What happened to the little Josephine? What happened to Thank you, ladies and gentlemen. Thank you. Good night, folks. The Milton Berle Show was written by Nat Hyken and Aaron Rubin. This is Frank Callis. This is NBC, the national broadcasting company. That's the Milton Berle Show from September 16, 1947. A salute to radio, Milton Berle and all his gang. And the cast included Mary Ship, Hurt Kelton, Arthur Q. Bryan, Jack Albertson from Chico and the Man. Remember Jack Albertson from that? I do. And then Arnold Stang and Ed Begley, sponsored by Philip Morris Cigarettes, although we removed all the cigarette commercials as heard on NBC. Let's take a break. When we come back, it's Gene Autry. Stick around.
More Hollywood 360 after these important messages. Hey, fans of Classic Radio, Carl Amari here. I've created a free app just for you. Get 10 Classic Radio shows free in the Classic Radio Shows app. Plus, there are many more shows available for in-app purchase. You can get your free Classic Radio Shows app in the Google Play Store or the Apple Store. The easiest way to get your free app is to log on to Hollywood360radio.com and scroll down to the Classic Radio Shows app banner and click either the Google link or the Apple link. Don't miss out. Get your free Classic Radio Shows app today. And now back to Hollywood 360 with Carl Amari. Welcome back. I'm Carl Amari. This is Hollywood 360. Across about 200 radio stations coast to coast. Don't forget to join the Classic Radio Club. If you don't know what it is, just go to ClassicRadioClub.com. We have uh, set up a club for all of our listeners, and that means you folks. So go to ClassicRadioClub.com. Join and get your first 5-CD collection with 10 of the greatest classic radio shows of all time in brilliant sound. All of the commercials are in there. They're unedited. It is 5 CDs, 10 shows in a collector case with copious liner notes, 10 of the greatest shows of all time at Classic Radio Club. You only pay $4.99. This is normally a $39.95 product, but you can have it for only $4.99. Go to ClassicRadioClub.com. All right, time now for Gene Autry and his Melody Ranch. This was a radio series that came to the airwaves in 1940, lasted all the way until 1956, except for the years between 1943 and 1945, because Autry enlisted in the U.S. Army to serve in World War II. And now the entire run of his show was sponsored by Double Mint Gum. Yeah, he had one sponsor the entire time he was on the air. That's kind of nice. And each broadcast included singing by Gene Autry, and uh, we were immersed in a Western adventure interspersed with interludes of music. It was a lot of fun, and there was always sort of a Western drama on it as well, as you'll hear on this episode from June 9, 1951. Here's part one of the Gene Autry Melody Ranch. <laughs> I'm back in the saddle again Out where a friend is a friend Where the long-born cattle feed on the lowly pitching I'm back in the saddle again That's right, folks, your friendly local merchant who sells and displays healthful, refreshing, delicious double-mint chewing gum invites you to another Saturday night visit with all the gang here at Melody Ranch. Pat Buttram, Johnny Bond, the Cass County Boys, the Pinafores, Carl Cotner's Melody Ranch Band, and yours truly, Charlie Lyon. But right now, meet the boss man himself, America's favorite cowboy, Gene Autry. Well, howdy there, friends and neighbors, and welcome to Melody Ranch. Yes, sir, the whole gang's on hand to make your visit just as pleasant as we can. is forever I thought that I knew Then you broke your promise 
be true You said you would love me Forever, sweetheart How long is forever When now we're apart The vine-covered cottage You said we would share Is only a cottage With rooms that are bare How long is forever I wish that I knew For I will be waiting Forever for you The vine-covered cottage You said we would share Is only a cottage With rooms that are bare How long is forever I wish that I knew For I will be waiting Forever for you Let's take a break from Gene Autry's Melody Ranch. More after these words. This is Carl Amari. I've started the Classic Radio Club, where each month you'll receive 10 of the greatest shows of all time on five CDs in a collector case. Join now and receive your first five-CD collection of 10 classic radio shows, regularly priced at $39.95 for only $4.99. Each month I'll hand-select 10 more of the greatest classic radio shows of all time from my library of 100,000 shows and send them to you on five CDs. And I promise they'll be superior sound quality and you'll never receive a duplicate show. Log on to ClassicRadioClub.com and we'll rush you your first five CD collection with ten of the greatest classic radio shows of all time for only $4.99. Your first collection will feature Abbott and Costello, Sam Spade, Dimension X, Escape, Fibber McGee and Molly, Gunsmoke, Have Gun Will Travel, Inner Sanctum, Jack Benny, and Suspense. You're going to love the Classic Radio Club. Learn how to join at ClassicRadioClub.com. That's ClassicRadioClub.com. Now back to the best in classic radio on Hollywood 360. Now let's get back to Gene Autry's Melody Ranch. Thank you very, very much, folks. Thank you. Well, Patrick? Yeah? What are you doing? Oh, uh, hi, Mr. Autry. Uh, just looking through my old family albums. The word is albums, not albums. You don't know your grammar. Word is all bums. You don't know my family. <laughs> well, thank goodness for that. Uh, well. 
<laughs> Say, by the way, who's this character with the goatee wearing the ventilated beanie? Oh, him? <laughs> oh, that's my cousin Bledsoe Halifax. He was a panhandler. So I see. But why is he holding two tin cups? Well, business was so good, he opened up a branch office. <laughs> we never worried about him getting cold in the winter, though. Oh, is that so? No. Uh, How come? Well, sir, seems every November, soon as it got cold, Cousin Bledsoe would drink three quarts of antifreeze. <laughs> well, you took after him. <laughs> and did that keep him warm during the winter? No, but it kept him unconscious till spring. <laughs> Well, shall we go on to the next page? Well, there's nothing on that unless try. Let's try. Oh, look. Here's my Uncle Leopold. Mm-hmm. Yeah, he was a mailman. Oh? Yeah. But unfortunately, one day he blew his whistle at a girl and got 17 years at hard labor. Just for blowing his whistle at a girl? Yep. He married her. <laughs> well, Patrick, I must say that you have quite a family. I'll say I did. And what's more, they're all bloodhounds. Or, I mean, uh, blue blood. <laughs> Facts is, you won't believe this, Mr. Artery, but I can trace my family tree clear back to George Washington. Now, wait just a minute there, bud. You mean to stand there and tell me <laughs> that you're related to the father of our country? Yes, sir. You see, it's like this. George Washington had a cousin called Clyde Washington. Clyde Washington had a son called Murgatroyd Washington. Murgatroyd Washington had a son called Melvin Washington. Melvin Washington had a son called Studebaker Washington. And Studebaker Washington's son was my father's cousin's washwoman's boy, twice removed. (laughs) Then how come your family's name is Buttram? Are you kidding? We had to do something to get out of that rut. <laughs> I was born to wonder, I was born to roam. Mr. Mississippi made me feel at home. I can't recall my mother, I don't remember Dad. Mr. and Mississippi was all I ever had. Oh, I was born to wander, I was born to roam. And Mr. and Mississippi made me feel at home. Oh, I was born to wander, I was born to roam. Mr. and Mississippi made me feel at home. My cradle was the river, my school a riverboat. My teacher was a gambler, the slickest one afloat. My teacher was a gambler, the slickest one afloat. He taught me not to gamble on a petticoat. Oh, I was born to wander, I was born to roam. Mr. and Mississippi made me feel at home. Oh, Betty May, I love you, I love you, Betty May. Just like a barefoot laddie loves a summer day. The way a wandering gypsy loves the changing scenes. Just like the restless river loves old New Orleans. Oh, I was born to wander, I was born to roam. Mr. and Mississippi made me feel at home. I'd love a tiny village, 
a quiet country town A house, a little garden With kiddies running round I'd be a faithful husband I'd be a trusting friend Until I heard that steamboat Coming round the bend Oh, I was born to wander I was born to roam Mr. and Mississippi Made me feel at home Mr. and Mississippi Made me feel at home Mr. and Mississippi Made me feel at home Thank you very, very much, friends. Thank you. Hey, uh... Hey, what? Hey, uh... I just read a poem on the subject of the common cow. Would you like to hear it? No. Good. As long as you're undecided, I'll just go ahead and read it. <laughs> poem, In Defense of the Common Cow. Arise and take pity on the lowly cow. Her life is really a drag. For no matter how hard the cow tries to please, she's always left holding the bag. <laughs> Look, Ogden, <laughs> suppose we just drop the whole subject, huh? Why? Because I'm going to tell a story, that's why. About a cow? No, no, it's not about a cow. However, Pat, it did happen one spring just after our annual county livestock show, and that's where this story begins. The show that particular year had been a big success. In fact, the Cattlemen's Association had netted close to $3,500. At any rate, the receipts were all in cash. And, since I was association treasurer, they picked me to take the money over to deposit at the Center City National Bank. That was on a Monday morning. By Monday noon, I was just going through Crater Pass when all of a sudden, from out of nowhere, a voice said, Hold it, cowboy. Reach for a cloud. Oh, oh, champ. Oh. Hey, what is this? Never mind the question. Just get down off that horse. Make it fast. Okay. With that gun in your hand, I guess I have no choice. That's better. Get his saddlebags, Frisco. Right, Art. Well, you know what, for you ought to think, uh, we're just saving you from making that long trip to Center City. Thanks. I remember that. I got his saddlebags, Art. Come on, let's get out of here. Wait a minute. What's the matter? First, I want to personally say goodbye to our friend here. Uh, oh, yeah, I forgot. So long, sucker. <laughs> Pleasant dream. All right, Frisco, let's head for Chula Vista. <laughs> dead men don't talk. And that one is plenty dead. Well, Patrick... Needless to say, the bullet missed its mark, thanks to a trick an old-timer once showed me. All you do is watch the trigger finger of the guy that's doing the shooting. When it starts to squeeze, you roll your body out and down. That way, if you're lucky as I was, you get off with a flesh wound in your arm or shoulder. At any rate, I laid there on the ground and waited until two or three of them rode off. Then, with what little strength I had left in me, I managed to pull myself up across Champ's back, give him the reins, told him to head back home. Several hours later, when I finally came to, I was lying on my own bed. My arm was in the sling, and Johnny was standing over me. How you feel? 
So, hi, Johnny. Who put this thing on me? Oh, Doc Tipton. He'll be back a little later. Say, what happened anyway? Well, I'm a little vague about it all myself. I just remember two guys with masks on stopping me up in Crater Pass and taking the association's money. After that, one of them took a shot at me and left me for dead. Well, all I can say is it's sure lucky you ain't dead. That slug just missed your heart by inches. Yeah, I know. You feel like eating anything? No, not right now. Saddle up our horses, will you? Saddle up our horses? What for? I'll tell you after we get on our way. But, Gene, you can't go riding around with that bullet hole in you. The doc said you were supposed to rest. Who are you working for? Me or Doc Tipton? Okay, okay. You make up your mind. I know better than try and change it. Where are we going? Back up to Crater Pass and take a look around. I'm going to find those two guys if it's the last thing I ever do. And next time, I'm going to be on the business end of the gun. Let's see now, Johnny. If I remember right, it was somewhere right along here in that... Hey, wait a minute. What's the matter? They're on the ground. Hmm? Looks like part of a match folder. Well, so what? Anybody riding through here could have dropped that. Now, think again. It rained hard yesterday, didn't it? Yeah. Then if this match cover had been dropped before today, it would either be all wet or faded. One of the two. Holy suspenders. It sure would. Uh, what's it say on it? Uh, can you make it out? Not very well. Torn down the middle. In fact, all that's left are the letters CK, and below them, the letter T. Not much to go on, is it? Not right now, it isn't. But it might be when we get to Chula Vista. Chula Vista? What are we going there for? Well, I just happen to remember something else. After that guy shot me and thought I was dead, I vaguely recollect him saying something about Chula Vista. Come on. Okay. But look, uh, couldn't going over there wait till tomorrow. Old Doc Tipton's going to be awful sore when he comes back and finds you ain't there. Now, don't worry about that. I'll take care of all the blame. I... Well, what's the matter now? Hold it a second. Well, what for? Look again, in the dirt. Well, I'll be, it's a rowl from a spur, ain't it? Sure is, Johnny. One of those heavy Spanish kind. Hey, you suppose that might belong to one of them guys that held you up to? I don't know for sure. But I'll tell you one thing we're going to find out. Let's go. It was 8 o'clock that night before we finally rode into Chulawalla, a small, hot border town that had a reputation as a lawless hole and lived up to it. Anyway, as soon as Johnny and I had put our horses up, checked into the local hotel, cleaned up, then went out looking for a place to eat. We never found one, though, because just as we came around the corner from our hotel, I saw a lighted sign with a CK on top and a T below. The full name of it was the Black Cat. Yeah, cowboy, what'll it be? Glass of water. And a little information, if you can give it to me. Here's the water. You get information by calling the operator. Wait a minute. Yeah? Are these your matches? Look, mister, if you want to play guessing games, come back after the place closes. I'm busy right now. Okay. Just one more question, though. Yeah? Have Art or Frisco been in lately? 
Who's out of Frisco? Never mind. I'll ask the operator. Here you are. Keep the change. Thanks. Take it easy, Joe. I saw him. You mean that's the same? Yeah, that's the same cowboy me and Frisco left for dead this morning. My aim must be getting bad. I told you you shouldn't have come here now. The whole... Shut up. Get back to your bar. I'll take care of the rest. Oh, sure. That's what you said this morning. Shut up, I said. Frisco's out following him now. See where he's staying at. When he does... I'll take care of Mr. Autry. And this time, for good. In the meantime, Pat, Johnny and I had eaten dinner and gone back to our hotel room. It was still hotter than a paradise on the tent pass. So, we turned on the overhead fan, opened up the windows and the doors a little and started to play a game of double solitaire. Your plate. Red eight on your black nine. Black ten on your red jack. How many cards you got left? Well, let's see. Here's one, two, three, eight. What? What's the matter? Listen. What I heard were footsteps way down the other end of the hall. But they weren't ordinary footsteps. The guy coming closer and closer had the row from one spur missing. Don't move, chum, because this time I won't miss. You know, I kind of thought that was you. Your other row's in my shirt pocket. Thank you. I wondered where I'd lost it. <laughs> you know, cowboy, you don't. Kill so easy. Maybe that's because you don't shoot so straight. Well, maybe it is. <laughs> right now, though, where you want it. In the front of the back. Funny thing, since it's you, somehow shooting us in the back seems to be more fitting. Suits me just fine. Turn around. Oh, no, you don't, buddy. If I'm gonna get Better shot... Better do as he says, Judge. Okay, Gene, if you say so. Good boy. And now, so long, suckers. Oh, oh, my hand. My hand is broken. Yeah, don't worry about that. The oh. sheriff will fix it up in a sling. Nice and pretty. And Man, for a minute I thought we was oh. goners for sure. Say, where'd that what gun of yours come from anyway, Gene? Out of the sling on my arm, Johnny. Well, I'll be. What won't they think of next? Good friends and neighbors, as of right now, we seem to be long on wishes and short on time. But come next Saturday night over these very same CBS stations, we'll all be back again for another Melody Ranch party. So try and join us then, won't you? In the meantime, folks, go to the movies often. You'll always have a good time at your local theater. So this is Gene Autry for Double Mint asking you to keep thinking of us. Until we're back in the saddle again. Yes, folks, next 
speak at this same time and on these same stations, the Wrigley people will again present Gene Autry. This is Charles Lyle. This is CBS, the Columbia Broadcasting System. And that's Gene Autry's Melody Ranch from June 9, 1951. That also had Pat Buttram in the cast, along with Johnny Bond and Barton Yarborough, sponsored by Double Mint Gum, as heard on CBS. Let's take a quick break, then it's more here on Hollywood 360. More Hollywood 360 after these important messages. Hi, this is Sarah Knight-Adamson. I'm the national film critic for the website sarahsbackstagepass.com. I'm a member of the Broadcast Film Critics Association in L.A. and a voting member of the Critics' Choice Film Awards. Coming up next, you'll hear a film review of a movie that's playing near you. Peppermint. It's a drama that stars Jennifer Gardner as Riley, a mother who seeks revenge against the cartel that killed her husband and daughter. When she's able to positively identify the killers, the police are skittish, as the same powerful cartel killed a police officer. Fast forward five years to Riley, the victim, on a mission. Let's take a listen. Five years ago, Riley North just disappeared, completely off the grid. So she spends the last five years doing what? Training. Well, that's new. You honestly think Riley North did this? Today's the five-year anniversary of her family's murder. She's back. The director is Pierre Morel from the Taken movies. You know, those ones with Liam Neeson? Here's another clip. What do I want? I want justice. It's not a coincidence that makes this area low crime. It is low crime because of her. At least somebody's doing something. The bottom line, I'm way out. One and a half stars out of four. Wow, this is one of the worst movies I've seen this year. The script is not believable. No depth, even though Jennifer Gardner's performance is outstanding. The cinematography, uh, it's blurry. The film is vague, pieced together. And in addition, the violence and torture is totally pointless. I'd say skip it. Check out all of my reviews and interviews on sarahsbackstagepass.com. See you next week. Hi, this is Carl Amari. These classic radio shows are direct from master recordings and digitally remastered. We license these classic radio shows from the owners and estates for the privilege of using their master recordings as our source material so that we can pass that great sound quality on to you. Oh, you can find classic radio shows sold on the Internet from companies that are not authorized to sell them, but you'll often be disappointed by the inferior sound quality. If you enjoy listening to and collecting great sound quality classic radio shows, we've set up a website just for you at ClassicRadioStore.com so you can enjoy them anytime, anywhere. Log on to ClassicRadioStore.com to download your favorites to your smartphone, computer, or any listening device. We offer thousands of digitally remastered classic radio shows, uncut and unedited, including the original commercials, delivered to you instantly via digital download. Log on to ClassicRadioStore.com. That's ClassicRadioStore.com. Now back to the best in classic radio on Hollywood 360. Next time, it's The New Adventures of Michael Shane, starring Jeff Chandler. Then it's part one of The Halls of Ivy, starring Ronald and Benita Coleman. That's next time here on Hollywood 360. We'll see you then.